The Old Pilot's Plain Tales Batman and Robin Considering his upbringing, it's hardly surprising that Robin Olds would end up as one of the most capable and respected fighter pilots of his generation. Were he alive now, he would be celebrating his 100th birthday, but sadly he passed away aged 85, but many, including himself I suspect, were a little surprised that he survived that long, so keen was he to place himself in harm's way. He grew up amongst remarkable people, all of whom would shape his career, but none more so than his father. Major General Robert Olds was an army man who had been an instructor pilot in France during the First World War. He was an aide to Brigadier General Billy Mitchell, and as a major had appeared as a witness on behalf of Mitchell during his famous court-martial. Mitchell had already been reduced in rank for insubordination and was in the dock for accusing the Army and Navy command of an almost treasonable administration of the national defence. For their inflexible concepts such as investing in battleships instead of aircraft carriers, a very young Robin Olds went with his father to the court-martial. Raised by his father after his mother passed away, he grew up amongst many of the leading lights who would shape the US Army Air Force, such as a neighbor, Carl Spatz, destined to become the first chief of staff of the USA. Olds first flew at the age of eight in a biplane piloted by his father, and by 12, he had decided he was going to attend the military academy at West Point. Robin attended Hampton High School and was popular and capable, particularly in the sport of football. His team won the state championship and he was offered a football scholarship to both the Virginia Military Institute and Dartmouth College. Instead, he chose to attend a prep school for military academies and at the age of 17, when Germany invaded Poland, he tried to join the Royal Canadian Air Force so that he could go to England to fly and fight. His father refused to endorse his application, so his education continued with him joining West Point in 1940. His time there was interrupted by the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor, which saw him complete his flying training at the Spartan School of Aeronautics, before returning in the hope of graduating early so that he could see action in the war. In the meantime, he continued to play football to a very high level, being named a Lineman of the Year and Player of the Year by notable commentators, and he was eventually enshrined in the College Football Hall of Fame. Robin completed his advanced flying training in 1943 and was presented his wings by none other than General Hap Arnold, and graduated in the summer of that year. He completed a conversion course onto the P-38 Lightning, and after his promotion to lieutenant, he became a founding member of the newly activated 434th Fighter Squadron. 
Early the following year, with some 650 hours flown, Olds and his squadron arrived at RAF Watersham in England, eager to contribute to the Allies' efforts to end the Second World War. Olds made his mark with his ground crew, helping them to service and then polish his aircraft, named SCAT-2, to improve its speed. In short order, he was made a flight leader, and later on he would lead the entire squadron. Old's first two kills came in August that year, whilst escorting a bomber group attacking the port city of Wismar, and only a week later he became an ace, adding three more kills to his tally. His flight had encountered a large formation of 40 to 50 Messerschmitt BF-109s flying in loose V formations. For 10 minutes, he manoeuvred his flight undetected until they had climbed above the enemy, whereupon he jettisoned his wing tanks and engaged. Closing in on one of the German fighters, he fired when, without warning, both of his engines stopped. Now a glider, he continued to fire, seeing hits in the fuselage and watching a cowling detach, fatally damaging the 109, before diving away to work out what the problem with his aircraft was. In the heat of the moment, after dropping his external tanks, he'd failed to select the feed to internal. The problem solved, he restarted the powerful V-12 Allisons and powered back into the fight. Still in a shallow dive, I observed a P-38 and a ME-109 going round and round. It seemed that the 38 needed help, so I started down. At about 4,000 feet, the Jerry, still way out of my range, turned under me and slightly to the right. I rolled over on my back following him and gave him an ineffective burst at long range. But this time, I was traveling in excess of 500 miles an hour. My left window blew out, scaring the hell out of me. I, I thought I had been hit by some of the ground fire I had observed in the vicinity. I regained control of the aircraft and pulled out above a wheat field. And I tried to contact the flight to get myself recognized but observed an ME-109 making a pass at me from about 7 o'clock high. I broke left as well as my plane could, and the Jerry overshot. I straightened out and gave him a burst. He shandelled steeply to the left, and I shot some more, and he passed right over me, and I slipped over in an Immelman. As I straightened out at the top, I saw the pilot bail out. By the end of the flight, Olds had enough kills to become an ace. Later in the year, the fighter group converted to P-51 Mustangs, one of which now bore Olds' favoured name, Scat, albeit the seventh in the line of Scats. He had been promoted to Major and was the 434th Operations Officer. His engagements with the enemy continued to mount, and after attacking a pair of ME-262 jet-powered fighters, he shot down a BF-109 of the Sonderkommando Eleb, a special unit of the Luftwaffe tasked to ram enemy bombers. In addition to escort duties, Olds undertook airfield attacks and was credited with 11.5 aircraft destroyed on the ground. 
Risks came with these missions, and in one such attack, he was the only aircraft out of five to make it home, and that was with a badly damaged machine. He had large holes in his flaps and wing on one side, and if he slowed, the aircraft wanted to roll upside down. As a result, he landed Scat 6 at high speed, and how the aircraft and he survived the careening, bouncing and juddering ride down the length of the field, he never knew. At the age of only 22, only two years out of West Point, Robin Olds was promoted again and given command of his own squadron. He had 13 confirmed kills and the only pilot to become an ace on both the Lightning and the Mustang. He was twice awarded the Silver Star for Valour in Combat. When peace returned, Olds returned to West Point as an assistant football coach, but found himself resented for his rapid promotion and his plethora of combat decorations. He could see that the future of military aviation lay in the new generation of jet fighters, so he managed to get a transfer to March Field in California to fly in the very first P-80 Shooting Star Squadron. Peacetime flying didn't have the same edge to it as combat operations, so before long he'd helped form an aerial aerobatic demonstration team led by Lieutenant Colonel Pappy Herbst. They formed a two-ship aerobatic routine that toured the United States, thrilling the crowds wherever they went. Sadly, Herbst was killed during a display when he stalled during a finale manoeuvre when he looped the P-80 whilst configuring it to land. Robin Olds must have chaffed at flying in a peacetime air force as he gained a reputation for butting heads with senior officers, many of whom he saw as more interested in promotion than the needs of a fighting force. Perhaps as a result, he was posted to England as part of the Royal Air Force's exchange programme to take command of No. 1 Fighter Squadron, the RAF's oldest and most prestigious unit with a history that stretched back to 1878 and a motto in omnibus princeps, first in all things, where he flew the Gloucester Meteor. He was the very first foreign officer to command an RAF squadron in peacetime. He very much enjoyed his time in England and was highly respected, and he returned to become the operations officer of an F-86 Sabre squadron, the Hat in the Ring 94. He then served as the commanding officer of the 71st Fighter Squadron, and as a result missed the opportunity to fight in the Korean War despite his many requests for a combat assignment. Frustrated and discouraged, he came close to resigning until General Smith talked him out of it, but he continued to bulk against the Air Force's policy of relying on America's nuclear threat and the lack of any serious tactical air training in conventional warfare. He was promoted and was moved around Europe until September 1966, when he was converted onto the F-4 Phantom II, a course he completed in only five days and given command of the 8th Tactical Fighter Wing at Ubon in Thailand, which was engaged in fighting in the Vietnam War. 
The wing he now commanded had suffered from a lack of aggression and leadership. Its pilots were dispirited and tired. The previous CO had only ever flown ten missions with the wing. Olds arrived, a grizzled and greying 44-year-old who challenged his men to train him up until he was better at their job than they were. He shook things up, putting the base support staff on the same 24-hour clock as the aircrew. He flew with his men and drank with them afterwards, listening to them and their ideas on how to improve operations. He encouraged camaraderie and led with flair and aggression. In his usual flamboyant manner, he proved himself a physical, mental and flying match to any of his pilots and devoted himself entirely to their success, even cocking a snoot to his superiors by growing an extravagant, decidedly non-regulation moustache. He also ensured that he was assisted by highly capable senior officers, such as Colonel Daniel James Jr. Together, they formed a legendary team nicknamed Black Man and Robin, a nod to another famous duo. When he spoke to his men, he gave them invaluable advice, learned from years of command duty. Now, don't try to fool the troops, but make sure they know the buck stops with you that you'll shoulder the blame when things go wrong. Correct without revenge or anger. Recognize accomplishment. Reward accordingly. Foster spirit through self-pride, not slogans, and never at the expense of another unit. It won't take long, but only your genuine interest and concern, plus follow up on your promises, will earn you respect. Out of that, you gain loyalty and obedience. Your outfit will be a standout. But for God's sake, don't ever try to be popular. That weakens your position, makes you vulnerable. Don't have favorites. That breeds resentment. Respect the talents of your people the stories of his time in Vietnam are legion, but the most famous is the one that gave rise to the 8th Tactical Fighter Wing's name, the Wolf Pack. The F-105 Thunder Chiefs had been taking losses to surface-to-air missiles until they were equipped with a new jamming pod, the QRC-160. This gave great protection, but there weren't enough around to put on their Phantom Escort aircraft as well. As a result, the Thuds flew the final part of their bombing attacks without fighter escort. The North Vietnamese took advantage of this and engaged the bomber formations with their MiGs. Seeing this pattern develop, Robin Old sought permission to fly a decoy mission that was called Operation Bolo. They borrowed the jamming pods and then flew a similar mission profile to that flown by the Thuds, except that the F-4s were loaded for bear and ready to engage any enemy fighters. The bogus strike force arrived over the target area with Olds leading, and as they passed over the MiG-21 base for a second time, MiGs started popping up through the overcast cloud in an attempt to bracket the American fighters. 
The F-4s turned and fought, engaging and destroying seven of the enemy, nearly half of their available fighter force. Olds himself downed one of the MiGs, and then in follow-up missions the wing killed another two. In May 67, Olds destroyed another MiG-21 over Fukien, and two weeks later, two more, in what was described as a vengeful chase after they shot down his wingman during a large dogfight. The Air Force now described him as a triple ace, and he would almost certainly have added to his total number of kills several times, but it had been rumoured that, had he done so, he would have been sent back to the States to be used as a publicity asset, so he passed on those opportunities to other pilots. In his beloved Phantom, now named SCAT-27, Robin Olds flew 152 combat missions in Southeast Asia, raising his lifetime total of operations to 259. He was awarded his fourth Silver Star and an Air Force Cross for leading his men on a low-level bombing strike on the Paul Duma Bridge in Hanoi, and his total record of kills reached 16. The unit he commanded rose from one of the least effective to one of the most successful, with the 8th finishing the war as the leading MiG killer. On his return, his aircraft, SCAT-27, was shipped back and given a position of honour in the National Museum of the United States Air Force. His infamous bulletproof moustache lasted until his return to the United States when the Air Force Chief of Staff stuck a finger under his nose and said, take it off. When Olds came home, he was asked to brief the President and the Joint Chiefs of Staff on what was to be done in Vietnam. His words with then-President Lyndon B. Johnson were few. Get us out of this war. When LBJ asked how, Olds replied, It's simple, sir. Win it. Promoted to Brigadier General, he became the Commandant of the Cadets at the Air Force Academy and later the Director of Aerospace Safety and retired in 1973. In retirement, he was honoured by induction into the National Aviation Hall of Fame and is the only person also to be enshrined in the College Football Hall of Fame. He gave many talks and lectures about his life in the air and what it was like to be a fighter pilot. Being a fighter pilot is an attitude. It is cockiness. It is aggressiveness. It is self-confidence. It is a streak of rebelliousness and it is competitiveness. But there's something else. There's a spark. There's a desire to be good to do well in the eyes of your peers and in your own mind. A hard-drinking, hard-working man, he led from the front in a way that inspired his men to become a great fighting force. He only became frustrated when he saw mistakes being made by those above him who should have known better, and he went out of his way to make his feelings known. He defined what it meant to be a fighter pilot not only in the air but on the ground with the stunningly beautiful Hollywood actress Ella Raines, the first of his four wives. 
Robert Knowles died of heart failure in March 2007. Plane Tales is a featured segment of the Airline Pilot Guy show. You can find out all about that at AirlinePilotGuy.com. And Plane Tales is also a standalone podcast, so if you'd like to help us along, then please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice. We'd really appreciate it. Many thanks for listening.